think we invented Big Brother? Yes, we did. And do I think that everything has the ability to be used for good or evil? Yes, of course it can. But I think in every stage of technology, there's always been that. Well, welcome back to Cloud Talk, everyone. My name is Jeff Deverter, and boy, are you in for a treat in today's conversation with Rob Rastovich with Think Logics. What a storied career he's had. What a great thinker he is. You're going to really enjoy it. So make sure you stick around for all of that, but also after the interview. Of course, there's always some great information out there. But let's lead with a huge thanks to App Dynamics, who is a sponsor of the Solve program here at Rackspace. Now, here at Solve, we work to provide great information for you, all for free, really just so that you will be more prepared to make the decisions that you need to make on a daily basis as it relates to tech. Now, if you're not already a subscriber, it's a great time while you listen to get all subscribed up. If you are, hey, if you're enjoying these, how about one of those five-star reviews? They really do help. Hey, and also, if you aren't aware, and if you're a subscriber, you're certainly aware that we are live every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 Central Time on LinkedIn and YouTube and Twitter on the Rackspace channel. We're having conversations just like this one. So if you enjoy these and want to be a part of these conversations, well, then by all means, Join us Tuesday and Thursday. Now, let's get on with my interview with Rob Rastovich of ThinkLogix. The line between application and infrastructure is virtually invisible in these modern apps. The kind of thing that a global computing fabric with immense resilience and scale can deliver without even breaking a sweat. That's really what the promise of the cloud's always been. It's all focused on the business objectives. That's where we craft the plan. In the tech world, we like to celebrate the lone genius, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they're just the convenient face as founders to focus on. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. All right. Well, I am here today with Rob Rastovich, who is the CTO of a little company called ThingLogix. Rob, welcome to Cloud Talk. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here right from the ranch too, right? You're out in the middle of uh, God's country right now, aren't you? Direct from the ranch in central Oregon. Amazing. So is it flat there, hilly there? What's the topography? Oh, no, 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 no. There's no, yeah, we have mountains here and we're very proud of our mountains. Okay. The the Cascade Range runs right through us. So we are, we have like from the ranch, I can see seven mountain peaks. So definitely a... And, and they're mountains. The okay, because you were ones, nine thousand feet, and then they go up from there. Not hills. They're not hills. So you were just here in in Texas, in the San Antonio Austin area, and we have our big hills that we will sometimes refer to as a mountain, because or a big overpass sometimes. You know, yeah. you have those. <laughs> I did not see any mountains when I was down there. <laughs> no, not by your def- not by the Cascades definition, not at all. Well, Rob, you are famously, I'll say, just because uh, you said it last time, famously quoted as saying, "We live in a request." Response world. What does that mean? Well, it's, it's um, there's actually when I remember I was in college, there was a book called uh, called Man is the Measure, and one of my favorite books. It was, it was a philosophy course I took. Okay. And basically, what it talked about then that book talked about was that our technology kind of defines our society. You know, early in the early days, there was the mechanist mechanistic society when we had clocks working and that kind of stuff. And there's lots of theories around there about what the information age did and the data age and all those kinds. And when the invent of the PC, all those things. Well, my theory now is we live in a request response world. Okay. Request response means from a technology perspective, it means, you know, we, you know, for the last 20 or 30 years, we've been writing applications that sit on a server, 
If you send a request to the server, the server gives you a response, just like the internet. You pull up a web page, you type www.amazon.com, sends a request, gives you a response. Right. Sends you a request, and then you click a button, gives you a request. You request products, and you get and they show products, up. and they yeah. show up at your Boxes door. show up. It's request and respond. And our marketing and our businesses are designed all around this same kind of paradigm. How do I get more people to request things from me? How do I make my page prettier? How can I do it less clicks? How do I, you know, how do I, how do I encourage people to go to my website? How do I encourage people to call me? How do I encourage people to request things from me so that my response, my business goes up? Right. What I'm suggesting is it's that we, we are done with the request response world. It is time for an event driven world and IOT, okay. which is what thing logics really has, um, you know, are, is at our core sure. um, is uh, events happen. So instead of me going to Amazon and requesting chemicals for my pool, yeah. my pool should tell me and get the chemicals by itself. Um, instead of the, you know, me requesting a repair on my pool, the pool should call the repairman and have the repairman show up. Right. It's this event-driven stuff where we should, the, the interconnectivity of us all um, allows us to create different business models than we've had before. That's really interesting. And you've been thinking about this for a while. Um, and even back, you know, several, well, many years ago, back when you first started, you know, that first company, I mean, you've been thinking about how to deal with large amounts of data coming from disparate locations and, mm -hmm. and kind of messing how to deal with that for a long time. You're sort of out on that bleeding edge of technology. And when we were kind of getting ready to, to have this conversation today, you used a phrase, which, which I just cracked up over. And that was that, you know, if you're going to play on the bleeding edge of tech, two things are going to happen. You're going to get cut. You're going to wait. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the things we always think is we, we solved a problem for people. We solved a problem that people don't know they have yet. Oh, right? that's hard. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and, and it's, you know, a technologist, you know, when you start getting into technology, you, you know, you, you first start with, you know, Oh, what do I do? I'm, I'm, I'm writing code or I want to make an application. Um, then maybe you evolve into database management and, you know, data modeling and architecture and stuff like that. But at some point you start thinking about where can I take this? Where can I push yeah. it? Where can I go? Um, there was a company that, as a part of telemetry was, uh, we started, mm, I want to say mm, early 2010s. Okay. Um, uh, and that our ob objective in that company was to create a technology that would, what we believed would be, you know, the coming trend. And we called it machine to machine back then. IOT wasn't actually invented yet. Yeah. And the idea was basically that all this data from devices, whether it's your refrigerator, your temperature mm -hmm. sensor, your, you know, your, your house, your, you know, what your pool, whatever it is, all this data um, is going to be coming in constantly. Yeah. And the whole, and that's why we said the whole request response, you know, paradigm where I request data and I get a response wasn't, wasn't applicable anymore. So we needed a way to ingest billions and billions of pieces of data simultaneously. Yeah. I remember back in the, the dot com days. I put up my first website. I put up is 1993. I did it for a company called Harbor Freight Tools. I love um, Harbor Freight. Oh, I spent well, a lot of money at Harbor Freight. <laughs> well, they. Uh, I was. I worked for. I worked for Harbor Freight for 15 years. Wow. Um, and I. I remember the day I went to um, the owner and I says, you know, I want. I, I want to put up a, a website. He says, what's a website? Yeah. 
I, <laughs> I go, it's it's a it's called the internet, and the internet's gonna be it's gonna be this amazing thing, and people are gonna order. Because there's no way people are gonna order tools online. And he he throws this report <laughs> at me, and he says, "Look on page, you know, it was an old Green Bar report. Right? Oh, lovely. Says, Look on page two hundred and twelve. Percentage of co- customers that own a computer, two, <laughs> two, <laughs> two. two. <laughs> And I said, I go, there's, he said, there's no way anybody's going to do this. And I go, well, 98% of your non-customers do own a computer. Right. Right. I go, give me a shot. So long story short, he gave me a year to prove out that I could do it. Yeah. And we did it in like three months with an old, an old Mac that was sitting in the corner and, you know, we had to bring in our own T1 line. And So you're serving it off the old Mac. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> Eventually we migrated up to, you know, bigger, we, uh, and we had to do everything in house. But the point yeah. was, you know, all of that, you know, we were, we were, we were planning for capacity, right? right. The, a whole thing back then. And still today is how much can this server handle? How much sure. can this, you know, infrastructure handle? Well, we had to come up with a telemetry. We had to come up with, with a way to says, we can't have that discussion. We need infinite scalability. Yeah. You need it. It's a different, a different paradigm Yeah, again, cause you're not, you're not trying to get out there and put bait on the end of a hook and get somebody to respond to you. These things are already happening and you needed to be able to capture. And you need to be able to capture it. You need to put logic in it and all those other things. And our goal yeah. actually, when we started the company was to sell it to Salesforce. Cause we'd all, mm-hmm. the, the people who um, had founded the company had all been Salesforce consultants. Yeah. And we went to one day, we, we said, okay, we had a customer and they said, you have to prove to us definitively that you can do 2 million simultaneous connections for a solid week straight for a solid week. That's incredible. Solid week. And when you talk about 2 million simultaneous connections, that's 2 million things every millisecond hitting your infrastructure. I think it was actually every 10 milliseconds, but, but it's very, I mean, in constant. So in order to prove this, we actually had to spin up a huge infrastructure for our our platform, but then also spin up, an equivalent uh, infrastructure to hit our platform. So twice the amount that you, that exactly would need to be so, an actual production. So we did that. We did that on a bunch of EC2 instances on Amazon. And we actually quite literally got a call from Amazon's going, <laughs> please stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but yeah. it's got to end. <laughs> and that was the next question. What, there aren't many, and what are you doing? There aren't that many uh, people who I think ever got a call like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you stand this stuff up because you need to prove to your customer that you can do this thing. Amazon yeah. says, okay, you, you, you built out twice what you need. You need the, the front end, you need the back end. And they call and say, stop. What, what happens next? Well, then they, it, it actually, things moved very quickly after that, right? Uh, they said, well, I don't want you to sell to Salesforce. We want you to sell to us. They were interested in the technology. They ended up acquiring all the technology. And today that is what's known as the microservices, AWS, IOT. So incredible. So you guys invented that to be an ingestion point into Salesforce. We did. We did. Incredible. And we actually, we created a a managed package for Salesforce to do that, but it's an ingestion layer, all the, all the ingestion layer of AWS, uh, all the IOT MQTT data is coming through that, that stuff that we originally developed. Now for me personally, we, um, at that time, there was still this mass migration to, to Seattle. So if you were yeah. acquired, if you were a company that's being acquired by Amazon, you had to move to Seattle. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a rancher and I, you know, I live on a ranch in central there's, Oregon. There's a little bit of a difference between downtown Seattle 
and middle of Oregon. There is, and there's no place for cows in downtown <laughs> Seattle. Let me assure you, I've looked. <laughs> so a couple of us, uh, the three of us actually decided not, uh, after the acquisition, we decided not to go to Seattle. And um, Amazon also didn't want the customer base. They wanted the mm. technology. They didn't want the customer base. So we took the customer base and we developed, you know, a professional services around developing IoT solutions um, for customers. And that was the advent of what is now today, ThingLogics. Got it. All right. So super interesting that this tech that you built to, to ultimately help some other, you know, work with the different cloud work over in, in Salesforce becomes what is ultimately the foundation of IoT inside of AWS. And, uh, and, and you don't oftentimes hear about non-PE like companies breaking up customer bases from technology or even divisions yeah. and stuff up there. You, know, you just sort of sell the whole thing. But in this case, uh, they wanted to leg up the leg that you were standing on. Interesting, isn't it? You know, I, that, always, that always amazed me too, by the way. Like, you know, it's like, okay, how much revenue do you have? How many customers do you have? You know, what's our sales objective? Like, no. Don't, don't, don't care. care. Quite literally, don't care. Don't, care. don't want to want, and we, we'll, we'll figure all that out. And quite frankly, they have far uh-huh. better than we <laughs> ever did. Yep. Right? So, but they, they wanted the tech and that tech has really become you know, kind of the cornerstone of their, uh, you know, it is, it is the, the cornerstone of all their IOT offerings. It's evolved far greater than what we originally had, but, um, it, it, at the foundation, it's the heart. So, so you, you take the customers and, and now you're about making solutions that utilize this tech yeah. that now gets operationalized inside of AWS. What were, what were some of the first things you built or you guys worked on? So that's, that's, you know, a great question. And I had, you know, coming from a DNA of, I mean, I've been a consultant for 30 years and, and I, most recently, obviously I was at Salesforce because we were trying to do so. I spent, you know, almost 10 years doing Salesforce stuff. Um, and that idea of Salesforce, what they did, we actually took a, a, a page out of the Salesforce playbook. I am certain sometime, you know, in the past, Mark Benioff, Parker Harris were sitting around at a bar going, hey, wait, wait, I got an idea. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You know, everybody's out there creating databases and they're having a DBA creating a table called accounts and it's related to contacts and contacts have leads and there's opportunities. Hey, what if we just give everybody that and have them stop creating all that? And then we build right. tools around this and so that we they can create a CRM and salespeople can be more productive and we can have workflows and, you know, yeah. and it becomes yeah. what Salesforce is. So that was our idea around IoT. Hey. Hey, what wouldn't we it be gave, great? Yeah, wouldn't it be great if we gave everybody all they needed, give them the workflow, give them the ingestion, have them create, you know, you know, make sure that they know the difference between a temperature sensor and a you know, in an auto sensor and yeah. uh, be able to take actions on things and connect everything and integrate. What if we gave everybody all those tools? Wouldn't it be easy to make an IoT solution and to have that, you know, to make a, a, a business decision around, I mean, a business model around the, the technology. And so that's what ThingLogic ultimately became was a platform to create solutions around IoT. And any specific industries, any specific uh, types of workflows, or really just that that core foundation to be able to do that for forestry services, automakers, you know, meatpacking yeah, plants, anything. Yeah, we've done it all. We have so the USGS is one of our clients, the United States Geological Service. We monitor uh, we monitor um, weather and sand movements in the Grand Canyon. We <laughs> monitor river flows. We monitor volcano activity. Uh, we monitor the flight patterns of snow geese and ducks. 
um, lots and they're just adding more and more stuff like that. Right. We have uh, solar panels in, in Africa that we monitor. You know, they have a, a company there that provides, um, you know, basically a refrigerator and a TV and a plug-in powered by a solar panel very cheaply. And so we monitor those. I've seen um, those. Those are making some huge, huge differences in their, in the lives. Yeah. And, you know, and again, it's, it's not just, you know, I always talk about business change in this risk, but think about the right. cultural change that's happening okay. in this new event driven world that we have and being able to do this stuff. Um, so lots of government, we have, you know, uh, Toshiba, um, is, is a big client of ours. Um, smart cities. Uh, we have a couple cable companies, um, I don't think they want me to mention their names. We got a couple of large cable companies that use our platform to yep. enable smart cities within the area that they have connectivity to. Wow. So it's, you know, just, it runs the gamut really. And it really, I wish, you know, everybody always tell me, well, what's your vertical? What is the vertical that you guys want to go? Well, the vertical I want to go in is the vertical where people get it. <laughs> well, it goes back to the, your comment earlier. You, you're inventing solutions to now the problems do exist, but people don't realize they have that problem yet, or they exactly. have that opportunity. Now, you yeah. gave an example uh, when we chatted before. Just even, and I, and I love it because it's really down to earth. And it's you know you're you're, you're a rancher. You've got some property there in, in Central Oregon, and um, and you sell your beef. Now they used to do that through a website, but that's you've, and email, but I guess that's a little different these days. It is, you know, and that's a, uh, what, one of the things in I, agriculture has actually been uh, one of the leading um, verticals in terms of IOT. Okay. Um, so a couple of years ago, I actually put in industrial hemp uh, mm. in the ranch yeah. and we actually started using IOT to provide fertigation um, uh to the plants. So in other words, okay. instead of just irrigating the plant, there are soil sensors that send what is the nutrients the plant needs. So the yeah. water comes, the nutrient comes, whatever it needs going back and forth. And there's lots of, uh, lots of agricultural, um, uh, use cases around that. But okay. one of the things that I discovered quite, quite accidentally was, um, so I do, I have, um, my, my ranch is designed around in my town, my little town of Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of microbreweries. Deschutes Brewery being the the big the biggest one. That's a good one. <laughs> you I'm know, just gonna say you know Deschutes. I do know Deschutes. I know yeah. it very well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and Deschutes is the name of the county that we live in. That's how. Oh, I, got I didn't name, actually so. know that. Yeah, and and the ranch that I, I never get I, past the bottle. Sorry. <laughs> I know. So the ranch I, that that I live on is actually we're the oldest ranch in Deschutes County that is still owned and operated by the original family. We're 102 years old. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. So we actually we pick we pick up the spent grains from the breweries, we feed that to the cows, and then we sell the meat back to local consumers and to the pubs. Well, I was doing it traditionally like everybody else. I would you know have my email list and I'd send an email out and I'd get a one or two percent response. Yeah would call me one day I says, you know, this is, this is, I'm not doing this anymore. So I <laughs> threw away all the email addresses. I had a list of phone numbers. Some people I didn't have phone numbers, some people I did. And I moved strictly to SMS messages and I started sending them um, messages. Now <laughs> I started sending them messages, SMS messages using the ThingLogix platform that we were doing for IoT. Oh, wow. Because at the end of the day, a message is a message, right? I don't care if it's coming it's from a message, IoT device yes. or if it's going to it. It's the ability to manage those messages and to manage those events. If a temperature, if a temperature sends you, hey, I'm too hot, well, I need to send a message 
to the, um, you know, to the AC to say, turn on, turn it down. If someone says me a message, I need 10 pounds of ground beef. I need to send a truck out. <laughs> 10 pounds of ground beef. Of ground beef. We're even getting to the point when the refrigerator sends you that message. Exactly. Yeah. And so now we've got it down to the point where we, we actively text and we actively use this SMS. And we actually came out with a new product called Chirply where we actually enable this SMS messaging within Salesforce and within Institute to, to be able to have this, you know, event driven, um, you know, messaging going back and forth. You know, and I think to me, and, and people always say, well, you're a chatbot. No, we're not a chatbot. <laughs> they go, oh, well, you're just a way to, you know, manage messages. No, I think there is a new, there is a new application out there coming. And I, and I, and I don't know what the buzzword is, but I call it text-based applications. Okay. It's not just the ability to chat and give real time, you know, uh, natural language processing on it. It's the ability to actually perform, um, functions for your customer. My customer, I, you know, I know that my customers, if they order 10 pounds of ground beef in a month from now, they're going to be out. There's going to be a message that says, would you like some more ground beef? And they say, yes, ground beef shows up. Delivered. That's just it. like, just like those messages you get from, you know, services that you can just send a stop at back or some yep. keyword that's going to drive an action. And since you've connected it into, into, um, into Salesforce, now you've got customer history. Now you've got trending information you can capture. Now you can be proactive uh, with yep. and building again, that whole application built around text. And one of the things that really helped me personally, even in my industry, so because um, actually beef buyers, the Hispanic population is a big, you know, direct butcher to consumer population. Yeah. And they buy, there's a lot of um, Hispanic um, dishes like tongue and heart and liver mm -hmm. that uh, are very specialties. And I, you know, not being a Spanish speaking person, the texting application actually does all the translation for me. So <laughs> I can speak in English. You can speak in Spanish and we don't even know the difference. All I need and we to can know transact. Is, and it, yeah, and, it, and that's it, the idea of the application. It's not just a chat, but it's translating the message back and forth. And if you want to send me a, you want to send me a form or something and doing text recognition, all those kinds of things that are, right. are, are, are transforming how we interact with the customer and keep them sticky. Right. Cause yeah. now one of the, you know, we have this movement, I think, kind of in America. We want farm to fork, farm to fork. Yeah. Well, very common. the problem with farm to fork is that the farmers make it too difficult to get to the fork, right? Yeah. yeah. I got to right. find the farmer, then I got to call him, and he may or may not show up, you know. Well, that's why we, we got these farmers markets to hopefully yeah. bridge that gap a little, but it's still pretty, uh, not, not a lot different than what we might have done in 1700. Yeah, it is. It's exactly right. You know, even if in the farmer's market, we're we involve, involved in all of those, but you still, ah, should I go to the farmer's market on Saturday between noon and three or right. can I go down to Safeway this afternoon and pick up some beef? Well, I want to have it tonight. So I'm going to go down tonight. So right. the intention is there, but the convenience is not. And what I want to do, bring that convenience, not just, I mean, to me, farming is uh, the farmers um, need that ability, but to every business, it's that convenience that interaction with your customer well what i love about it is it is it causes us to reimagine how all businesses operate the business yeah. flow the the interaction with the customer the supplier uh in in this case you are you are the supplier but but it, it allows us to rethink how that transaction occurs how that communication occurs um I was I was uh, I was interviewing the C, uh, CIO CTO uh, no CIO sorry of Wyndham Hotels and Resorts and he was mm. he was uh, 
he was telling me he was listening to a podcast out of a professor out of NYU. And, uh, and this guy was an organizational guy, um, a business process guy. And he, he kept, he used the phrase, he says, if the way you're operating your business today could have been done the same way in 1980, then you're doing it wrong. You got to rethink the way that happens. And as I think about these, as you call it, these text-based applications, it really does allow us that, that ability. You know, we've, we've moved with the advent of, of the Amazon age, the, mm-hmm. the seller, not necessarily the cloud, but the cloud, of course, enables it to this point where we can get rid of all this middle distribution. And now end producers can utilize that Amazon engine to have a relationship with the consumer. But I would think that it's in the not too distant future through, through tools like what you're talking about, we can even cut Amazon out of it. It's true. You know, and Amazon owns a customer. Amazon owns, and the, the, the key that Amazon has that is very difficult for the end, the consumer is the distribution, Yeah, you know, distribution yes. of product. That's what, that's what they built. Yes. They have lots of warehouses. Yes. They buy lots of products and yes, they have all that. But at the end of the day, they can move a package from point A to point B and point B can be pretty much anywhere. Anywhere. I know. You know, and that is their secret sauce. That distribution network is really what it is. Now they yes, do we it well. On that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the more we can piggyback on that, but in the local markets, we still have that ability yeah. to, to do that. And I do think there is, and, and everybody, you know, I, it seems to me like there's this, you know, as much of America as today, there's this polarization, right? Mm-hmm. All right. It's either oh, really? big box. <laughs> you haven't, you haven't oh, picked up on really? that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's either like, okay, you're big box or local. Like, okay, well, the local advertising is all about, well, don't go to the big box stores. And the big box stores are like, hey, we're cheaper, right? And, <laughs> and we're more convenient. And, yeah. and so there's there's a combination. It's not, it's not one or the other. You yeah. can live in a world and be able to interact with your local, you know, your local farmers, your local suppliers. You, yeah. can, you, you can do all that. And it's still okay to order from Amazon, you know, because right. it shows up right at your door. And the more that those two combine, I think the better off we are. I was working on a project at the house and um, a bunch of woodworking things since I was, I was, I was chatting with my dad. I was building, I was building um, a medicine cabinet. We just bought a new house in San Antonio and, and in the, the master bathroom had no medicine cabinets. Who knew? But because, you know, because I, I like to do things myself and make it hard, I thought, well, I'm going <laughs> to build these things. So yeah. I'm working on them at one point and, and I, was, I was texting my dad and he's a, he's a, he's a, big woodworker. And, and, uh, and I got one of them done, but I still had to do the other. And so in between, I'm telling him about what I did and send him pictures. And of course, great job and all that. But he says, you need to order this, this little device. And it's this device that you plug your, your saw into, but you also plug your, your, you know, your, your shop vac or whatever in that suck up all the, all the mess. And it senses when the saw turns on and it just automatically turns on the whatever. So I thought, oh, that's useful. Order it. So I go off to lunch, have a chat with my wife, the doorbell rings. There's the part. And I used it to build the second one of the things I needed to build. <laughs> They've got distribution down. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, Amazon gets a bad rap because it's the big behemoth on the block. Right. But that is really, really nice. And it, everybody, you know, yeah, that convenience layer. It can get scary, oh, but the convenience yeah. layer is super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, 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 and I, and I think that, you know, it's always funny. I always 
see people do well. You know, they're watching us and they're doing, well, but I'm also still ordering from them. I haven't turned off my Amazon Prime account yet. So Exactly. So, um, you know, as we talk about this kind of event-driven world and we make the joke about how you guys are running far ahead, you're solving problems we haven't figured out yet. Where is, you know, let's just say that's five years ahead. What does this, what does our world start to look like a couple of three, four, five years down the line? We've got these text-based applications. What does that look like? What problems are we solving that we aren't today? So I think, and, and the, the pandemic, I think, has actually progressed this, you know. I couldn't agree to, more. Yeah. To a new a new level. Um, one of the analogies I always use with, with, with ThingLogics is, if you've ever seen the movie Forrest Gump, oh, yeah. there's a scene in the movie where, you know, Forrest is in Vietnam and they're in a firefight and, you know, they're starting to get hit and somebody well, yells, run, Forrest, run. And he starts up and he takes off running, right? Yep. And he, remember, his whole mindset is just run, 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 run. And then he stops in the middle of the forest and he goes, and, he, and, and the, the narration goes, and I was all alone. And <laughs> it is not a good thing to be all alone in Vietnam, right? <laughs> That's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to be. And I think, you know, we have, we've, we've kind of done that. We've kind of ran out and now we're kind of, alone in the forest and we've got to turn around a little bit right. go back and see what where bring the enterprises and business out there bring them forward pick up and your it's buddies a bring hard them out. thing it's a hard thing to change that mindset of how do we do things and how it orders and because it still works right it's not it's not get rid of the old it's yeah. add to it you know because it's not like the thing is innately broken exactly. but there's a better way and they just haven't seen it yet Exactly. And that's like, if we were to go back in time to like, you know, well, gosh, it's 20 years ago now, like to, to well, even more than that, to, to the early days of the dot-com in the late nineties. Yeah. Right. Right. It, we would have the same discussion like, well, and I had it, right. We had it yeah. with, with Harbor Freight. And At Harbor said, Freight. Yeah. They're like, ah, it's not going to happen. And then there's going to be a, there's there, there was the dot-com crash and, and all that, you know, all that. And we had this discussion like, well, well, I don't want to, I mean, at that time, Harbor Freight was sending out millions and millions of catalogs. Yeah. Millions of catalogs. Big that thick was ones too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we, we sent out millions of catalogs a year and our printing bill was the biggest thing that we had. I would think and so. And sending out catalogs and that was the business. What well, was working? Yeah. So you could have the same kind of discussion like, well, it seems to be working like this. Why do I want to change? Right. Well, because- the people, your market is changing. The world is changing. And what happened is we kind of, the generations moved out. It as, as the generations grew up with the internet becoming, you know, no one worries about putting their credit card online now. No, right? that was, I remember that was big a big thing. discussion in the early yeah. days. And I think we're at the same spot with this IOT in an event driven world. Like we're not, it's still a little freaky to us to yeah. your exact point that, I ordered that and it's here this afternoon in time for me to do that. That's to do the next a little one. Yeah. scary. Yeah. You know, and it's a little exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All at the same time. Yeah. I had to call my dad and said, you are not going to believe what just yeah. happened. Remember that thing? I'm holding it in my hand. Yeah, exactly. And so I think we got it. We, there is that marriage. There is that, you know, equilibrium that we got to find within that. But I think we're, we're going to see what our world looks like. And the way that I imagine it is, you know, five, 10 years from now, you and I having a conversation, we're going to laugh about the time 
when we, we had this used to have to get on a computer and type www.amazon and get the stuff that we needed and we would search and we would order and then we would check out and then we'd be like why would anybody go through that problem what a waste of time yeah exactly Therapeutic, but a waste of time. Go down to the store and shop and look for it when I could just call an order and it'll be here in a couple hours, you know? I know it. I know it. Um, yeah. It, um, so she, I started my tech career predominantly, especially at Rackspace, even a couple of steps before that, but really in the, in the collaboration space with Microsoft and, uh, you know, it was all SharePoint and it was, how do we work better and not, you know, I even had a shirt printed at one point that said, you know, had a big reply all button with a slash through it, like stop using email. There's a better way to communicate with one another. And, and, you know, people would sort of nod their heads and go, yeah, yeah. but the email works. Everybody yeah. gets it. Yeah, yeah. I can put on a read receipt if I'm really concerned. Um, and, and lo and behold, along comes a little pandemic and, um, and all of a sudden everybody has to work remote and now we use all these tools where it's yeah. Slack enabled. It's, it's all the things. Yeah. Email needs to die. In my oh my God. It just needs to die. Yeah. <laughs> it has, it's a little, in my mind, it is, it is like a little bit equivalent of why, you know, saying, well, I'm starting a business. I need to order a fax machine just to send me a fax. Right. right. No, it just needs to die. It needs to go away. And you know, it, it that's one of my pet peeves. Like I never, if, if you get an email from me, hold on to it. Cause I very rarely send them. <laughs> I'm going to print it and fax it back to you. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Uh, All right, so so let's hold people's jobs now. Their entire job is to reply to emails. Like, all right, well, and, and what'd you do today? Well, I replied to these 12 emails. <gasps> you did 12 oh, emails today. 12 oh, congratulations. Yeah, you did. That's an amazing. I went well, on vacation and there's 500 emails in my inbox. <gasps> I must be really important. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? That's how we gauge our successes is, yeah. is how much in, is in there once once we get back. Well, it isn't, we're sort of getting a little off topic, but isn't that part of what like, like um, RPA type activities are, are hopefully going to solve some of those things? Because right now it's humans doing things that humans have no business doing because machines can do them better. And I wonder what the intersection point then becomes with this event-driven world as we think about more little bots doing what they do. And those maybe are where some of these messages originate and maybe that, or they're helping to fulfill a lot of it. Well, yeah, you know, I think that's kind of the, also the fear that people have is like when we talk about these kinds of automations and events, they start thinking, you know, um, iRobot and they start uh, yeah. thinking, you know, it's the, creepy. The, it's creepy. Yeah. So my Where I'm, it's there's creepy. this device out there that, you know, you know, we have to answer the question of life versus machine and whether they're going to attack us. And it is just so far from that, you know, right. and I even look, even look at the advances around telemedicine. Um, and the advances that we're trying to do in terms of not just efficiencies, but the um, accuracies and the stuff that you're doing with, with b- being able to say, okay, um, I can diagnose and help you remotely with these, you know, sensors and these things and get that data coming back. Um, I think that that, you know, do I think we invented Big Brother? Yes, we did. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And do I think that everything is, you know, out is, 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 has the ability to be used for good or evil? Yes, of course it can. Um, but I think in every stage of technology, there's always been that. I mean, I can remember stories about my grandmother uh, in this very house that I happened to be, there was a telephone that they, they wanted to put on the wall. Uh, and she was like, why on earth do I want that thing in there? 
It's just, if I want to talk to somebody, I'll go over and talk to them. Go I don't over and see them. Send them a you fax. Know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, back. you have to have a telephone to send a fax. I know that. <laughs> but I mean, every stage of technology has always been, you know, it can be, well, you know, and the operators listening won't have any privacy and, you know, and the thing will ring all the time. It'll be noisy and and right. television at every stage has had that. And I think we have to monitor and we have to manage and we have to balance that. But I do believe that, that it, just as the connectivity of the internet, the interconnectivity of the internet yeah. um, changed our commerce, changed the way we mm -hmm. do business. I believe IOT and event driven messages changes our world, changes our, our physical world, you know, and just in terms of, I mean, think about in terms of, of, of ranching. Like, so one of the things yeah. that we've done, uh, I started to, I'm connecting my corral system, right? Okay. So right now the cow that goes to market is the slowest cow, right? <laughs> <laughs> the one that I can catch easiest and isn't going to run over me. Yeah. Right? But what the cow that needs to go to market is the one that's been here the longest, that's the fattest, that's yeah. ready to go and whatnot. And so we have, um, each cow has an RFID tag on it. And as they walk through, um, they'll register the RFID tag and then yeah. gates can open and close. Open and, and close and just put them into one little stable or just hang out, hang out there for a minute until the truck gets here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> to wait take right you to a happy we'll place. Right back. Yeah, that's right. That's super interesting. And you know, and it's impacting so many aspects of folks' lives. You know, you're talking about the medicine piece. I mean, the, the, how many people, of course, you and I don't think either have one on, but run around with a smartwatch on the wrist. Mm -hmm. And we've heard story after story about how just monitoring, um, you know, heart rates that people have, you know, been saved, people have fallen off cliffs and, you know, that movement was too fast and too, too extreme. Let's start. Are you okay? There are, there's, there's a huge amount of good that can come from it. And that's, yeah. um, it's just thinking about those, those applications. It's interesting to use the example of, um, uh, what you're doing with the, the corrals. Uh, I'm about to have a conversation with uh, a startup down in Australia and they're using blockchain to track um, agricultural goods from, from farm all the way through to consumer mm. and really interesting solution. Um, but you know, when was the day we thought we'd use the phrase blockchain in agriculture together? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. When but did it you think you would use the phrase IOT cows <laughs> together, right? <laughs> exactly. But it all goes back to, and I think it's super interesting, you know, it takes people like you guys to run forward into the scary place yeah. and, and look at the opportunity that's there, envision it, and then, you know, wave the flag or come back and catch the rest of us to come catch up to what the opportunities are. What are you yeah, most excited? I, I, it, oh, go ahead. I'll is, let you, ask. you know, and I think is at this point in my career, I've always trying to, you know, I've always tried to kind of push it and push it and push it. And really IOT is taking me out there now at this point. I really, I, I believe so much in in what this technology can do and how it can yeah. trans be transformative in the sense of not just how we do business, but the, how we live. Um, that I'm going to wait. I put my flag in the ground and I'm waiting for everybody to show up. <laughs> well, good, you know, because some 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 entrepreneurs cave. And they, yeah. you know, they walk back to, to the, to the herd and then mosey along with the rest of us until the gate moves and they wait and never mind. I took that in the wrong direction. Um, uh, um, so, so what are you most excited about, about technology, about the future? Um, how about how you see people utilizing this service? 
Well, and, and it, it kind of goes back to the, you know, um, the possibilities of, of entrepreneurship for me. Mm. When I, I remember it was in the, whenever we first started telemetry, MQTT is the protocol that's used for IOTT. IOTT. <laughs> IOT. <laughs> Ooh, something One new I don't know about. MQTT. I want to. <laughs> IOT. And that's the protocol. So think of MQTT as the equivalent of HTTP, right? So okay. yeah. HTTP in the old internet, you type HTTP and it's a protocol that sends data. But the IOT is type in MQTT. Exactly. You put with MQTT, you just say, I want, you know, data to be, be coming in. Well, yeah. that... That um, that ability to get and re- to to receive data in that type of, of of manner is is never you know has not been done to date, and I think that <clears throat> as we move forward, what we're going to see is that, like I say, things will kind of disappear. The old world will kind of disappear, and what I'm most excited about is to see what entrepreneurs start to do with that. When you first, when I first saw that protocol come in, I saw streaming data come in. There was, I remember a week where I was like, oh my God, you could do this and you could do this and you could do this. And it, pretty soon your, your head just starts going Sorry. and it goes, once you get it, and that's why I say my vertical is those people who get it. Yeah. Like once you start getting it, you go, oh my God, that's yeah. a whole game changer. And what I'm most excited about is to put that technology into the hands of entrepreneurs and businesses and let them go see what magic happens. See, exactly. To see that the, and it's, it's starting to happen in our world. There are a few companies that come and they come in and they, and the first question they always say is why hasn't Amazon bought you yet? This is unbelievable, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is unbelievable. I think, well, well they, they bought us want, once. They <laughs> bought us once and I don't think they want to do it again. <laughs> or why hasn't someone, because once you get it, it's, it, it really starts changing the way you think about business and business becomes a much, it's a stickier relationship with your, your, your your customer base. And when you combine CRM and you combine event-driven data together, customer relationship management, it's, it's game-changing. It's, it's world-changing, you know. All right. I wish I didn't have meetings after this because now I want to go and re-envision some of our process and the way that we communicate with 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 all of our folks uh, here at the program. So very inspirational, very interesting, Rob. Thanks so much for being a part of the program today. Guys, I encourage you to go over to Thing, T-H-I-N-G, Logics, L-O-G-I-X, all run together.com. Of course, it needs the HTTP colon walk back. All those things. You know how to do it. You've been using the interwebs for a while. I just want to say MQTT again. Um, and uh, and check out what they're up to. You can find Rob on LinkedIn. Um, and I guess if you're in the Bend, Oregon area, you can uh, have some of the amazing beef. Yeah, stop by any of the breweries in town. You'll have a, you'll have some local beef. Yeah, from from uh, making beer with the grains to the spent grains going into the beef to the beef ending up back at the brewery. Uh, it truly is the circle of life. Well, that's why I tell you, if you want to support your local farmer, drink more beer. Right. <laughs> on that everyone thank you so much for listening to today's program Rob thank you for being here thanks this has been Cloud Talk you can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts and be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com
Well, a huge thanks to Rob and, uh, and of course, for the folks over at ThinkLogics and lending them to us for the afternoon to do this podcast recording. Obviously, they're up to some incredible things over there and are a few steps ahead of the game with maybe the rest of the world. So this is a good group and a good individual to follow and see where technology is taking us next. Now, also a big thank you to App Dynamics, the industry leader in software observability. If you're in the software space, then observability should be high on your list for performance and security and all the things that you need to do with software. So go check out App Dynamics. We're very thankful that they're a partner and a sponsor here at the Rackspace Solve program. Now, part of the program, as you know, are these great pre-recorded podcast interviews, but we also do them live on Tuesday and Thursday morning, Central Time, 8.30 Central Time on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on YouTube. Just follow Rackspace. You'll get alerts about when we go live. And uh, and I'd love for you to come and watch those, not just watch, but participate in those conversations through the comments. The comments we receive absolutely drives the direction of the conversation. So I hope that you will be a part of those events. Everyone, thank you so much for your time here today. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I had recording it. And you know what? We're back next week with another one. So I hope you have an amazing week. And we're back next week with another episode of Cloud Talk. Until then, I'm your host, Jeff Deverter.